segment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a magnificent football Monday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is you here on the BetQL Network. Simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium. If you're watching us on Stadium right now, you, good sir or good lady, you are much appreciated. Two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way as we get you set to bet and win week 15 in the National Football League. Now, you might be saying to yourself, hey, self, what do you mean week 15? Like, we still got two games coming up tonight, week 14, Monday Night Football doubleheader. Don't you worry. We're going to get to both those games coming up in the final hour of the show. All our bets, side total and props for the Dolphins and the Titans, for the Giants and the Packers. Give you our bets for the rest of the slate coming up tonight in sports, NBA, NHL, and college hoops as well. But on Mondays, uh, we start our handicap of the week to come in the NFL. We're getting ahead of things. We're trying to give you our thoughts now. Talk about all the injury stuff in the market, weather-related stuff, so you can get ahead of it. Give you a good conceptualization of how these games are going to be played to give you the best chance to win money this week in the National Football League. Some people parachute in on Friday. Hey, here are all my bets after consuming content for a week. Now, we're here on Monday giving you all our thoughts here. Week 15 in the NFL. And we will also be joined next hour by the whale capper Drew Dinsick, NBC Sports batting analyst, giving us all of his thoughts on Week 15 in the NFL and bets for Monday night football. So if you want our initial take and initial handicap on the Raiders-Chargers game coming up on Thursday night football with the heralded quarterback matchup of Aiden O'Connell and Easton Stick, uh, search it in podcast form. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts, and you will find a full segment on that game. Um, sometimes I'm like, wow, I can't believe we did a segment on that game. I thought it was actually a great segment. A lot to talk about in that game with the Raiders and the Chargers on Thursday night. So now, Ken, let's turn our attention, not to Sunday, but to Saturday. Because we've got three games coming up on Saturday this week. And the first game will be the Bengals and the Vikings. Both of these teams now at 7-6. and six. Both of these teams with different quarterbacks than they started the year with. And both uh, both feeling like, I think, decent about their, their chances to make the playoffs right now. The Vikings more decent, obviously, than Cincinnati at this point. But the Bengals were left for dead after the Burrow injury. Now two consecutive wins with Jake Browning as the starting quarterback. So the Bengals right now, Kem. Three-and-a-half-point home favorites against Minnesota. Worth noting, this was four-and-a-half at open, so Minnesota's been bet a little bit down to three-and-a-half. Cincinnati, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total in the game is 39. Just a couple injury notes here, and then we'll we'll have a conversation about the game. So Justin Jefferson, our, our pal Davis Maddock had a good line about Jefferson. Not like the most original line, but I made me laugh. Grand opening, grand closing for Justin Jefferson. Back back off the injured list after a while and immediately gets knocked out of the game with a nasty-looking hit. Goes to the hospital with a chest injury. He was cleared and did travel back to Minnesota with the team. Kevin O'Connell, Vikings head coach, speaking to the media earlier today on Monday, saying Jefferson is day-to-day. Now, it's a short week, obviously, for Jefferson. He, he doesn't have a contract, obviously, like he wants an extension. So curious how this will manifest itself over the course of the week and on Saturday. So Jefferson status up in the air. And for the Vikings, uh, I think we are assuming right now 
that Nick Mullins will be the starting quarterback, not Josh Dobbs. Dobbs absolutely brutal yesterday against the Raiders, benched at the end of the game, and Nick Mullins leads them on the uh, the game-winning field goal drive. For Greg Joseph banging one home, and Minnesota wins the game 3 nothing. So it'll be Mullins likely, not officially, but likely in the Vikings, at Jake Browning, 2-0 and Jake Browning, Ken, and the Cincinnati Bengals, pen, pencil, blood, or blank, Bengals and Vikings. I did not have a particularly strong opinion on the Thursday night game. Um, I probably, if it bet the spread, I'd probably bet the Chargers like you, just like three points with a two bad game team. Like think the Raiders may be more likely to win, but maybe the three is good. Um, this market's really interesting to me in so many ways. Uh, I could even just compare it to the market for the Bengals game on Sunday. So Browning had already won the start against the Jaguars going into Sunday's game. Cincinnati drew a ton of interest in the market, got bet out to a three-point favorite in the game. And, uh, and it turns out that that steam was deserved, uh, and they end up throttling Indianapolis in the second half. And it's almost like, okay, like what kind of opponent is Minnesota versus the kind of opponent Indianapolis was, and how do you compare the two of them? And it's kind of an interesting conversation. Like, who, who do you think is better, honestly, of the two? I think we could agree they're both about the same and that they're both pretty average teams uh, in terms of how they're rated, especially if the Vikings don't have Jefferson. Then that you know, actually ends up being more similarity, probably, between the Vikings and the Colts. And now the Bengals are more than a field goal in a game. Uh, and I find that kind of interesting. Uh, a situation uh, that they have not yet been in with Browning as their quarterback. Expectation now, field goal is not good enough anymore. Uh, Got to win by margin in order to cover the spread. And maybe the Dobbs and the quarterback stuff and yesterday kind of obscures this part about the Vikings. But we know what the Vikings are. We absolutely know what they are. They are the close game team, and they have been since Kevin O'Connell's been the head coach, played in more close games than anybody else, won a ton of them last year, mixed results this year, won a close game yesterday against Aiden O'Connell. The game was still close, scoreless, which you probably read. So, okay, uh, market expects not a close game. Bengals have to win by margin. Vikings are also making a change at quarterback, which can only be the same or better and can't be worse. Like, okay, like, seems like a really good time to buy Minnesota, honestly. And I don't even, I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I kind of think they're going to win the game. But like, I, the, from a betting standpoint, I just think the bet is more than a field goal take Minnesota. This is the close game team. This is the Bengals in a situation where they're being bet out a little bit more than they've been in either of the games that they played with Browning. Uh, and that seems like a good time to play back on that. So if you like Minnesota in the game, kind of like what, what's your strategy for when you'd like to play this? Kind of like what happens if Jefferson's ruled out. I didn't mention because it doesn't matter as much, but just like Alexander Madison left the game also for Minnesota yesterday with an ankle injury. Ty Chandler right. finished the game for the... I don't think there's a big difference between the two, but just like wanted to make sure I mentioned that that Madison may not be good for this game also. We'll find out over the course of the week. So kind of like if if Jefferson's ruled out, because you know, I think it's kind of like 50-50 whether he's going to play. Um, if he's ruled out, like what do you think happens to this point spread? So for the people out there, Ken, that agree with you, kind of like what, what's your plan of attack your, your strategy for betting this game with Minnesota. I mean, I, I basically almost never bet early in the week now, so I'm not going to bet early in the week. I haven't bet the game yet. Um, and what, what ended up happening in this market, too, is like only in a couple places, like very sporadically or sparingly, there are a couple fours on the board which to me kind of like just gives you an idea like how this market's kind of taken shape and been bet out, which is like it's, there's been interest in the Bengals or against Minnesota, however you want to kind of interpret that based on the injury stuff. Like Jefferson formally ruled out, maybe you get a bump off that. When Mullins is named the starter, 
do you get a bump? If so, in what direction? Like, is the perception that Mullins is definitely better than Dobbs? They're probably about the same. That would be my guess on the market is like not a huge deal, but maybe would draw interest in Minnesota. I'm not sure. Mullins is like as a third string or backup quarterback, actually not that bad. And, uh, and then the other thing is you have Cincinnati's recent success. The idea that they've given you two really good data points with Browning as quarterback, like that will draw interest here in them. They took a ton of money right before their last game. They seem to be a team that people want to play on uh, going forward. So I think if you like Minnesota, I would not be in a rush at all. Uh, I think they will very much end up being like the contrarian side in this game. And all I mean by that is like you may end up getting a better number as we get closer and closer to the game uh, because the other team draws interest for a variety of reasons. You better, you better hear a Nick and Ken on a magnificent football Monday, handicapping week 15 in the NFL on the Saturday games right now. We'll get to the Colts and the lot right now. We'll get to the Colts and the Steelers and the Lions and the Broncos right now talking the Bengals and the Vikings coming up on Saturday. It's how I know we've been doing this show for a long time, our fifth football season. How many times have we had the conversation and like, and Mullins not on the Vikings, obviously on other teams, most notably San Francisco, like, man. This guy's a really good good third-string quarterback. Like, we did our fifth football season. We've had this conversation about Mullins so many times. And, Ken, I, I think what people will say about this game, the people that will, when Mullins is named the starter, when and if, it's, well, like, you know, Mullins has had success in the past, you know, coming off the bench, but it's because of Kyle Shanahan. And it's like, well, it's Kyle Shanahan. And I think this will be, like, a fun, not referendum on Kevin O'Connell, but Ken O'Connell kind of like coax the same success. Like he turned Kirk Cousins into like America's sweetheart. Josh Dobbs comes in and like Dobbs is awesome for a while before like, you know, he turns back into Josh Dobbs. Like I'm curious how this is going to go and how O'Connell will like get Nick Mullins ready for this game. Um, if, if and when Nick Mullins is named the starter. For my opinion on this game, you know, Browning played really well yesterday. His average depth of target was like four and a half yards down the field, which people don't know is like not not very far. So the Bengals had a lot of success yesterday, success yesterday like picking apart the Colts defense. If Brian Flores is going to do what Brian Flores kind of always does, it's kind of like his gimmick and like he's a professional wrestler. His gimmick is he blitzes all the time. I, I kind of think the Bengals are going to have a ton of success just in the short passing game. Like if Bank Browning gets the snap, here comes a blitz great. Here's like Jamar Chase for a three-yard pass and he runs for 20 yards. Or now here's Chase Brown adding a new dimension. Or Tanner Hudson or Higgins or Boyd, et cetera, here. Um, I kind of think the point spread's just right. Um, kind of like Bengals favored in the dead zone, like three and a half to five and a half. Um I guess like Bengals three, I'd want to bet Cincinnati. Otherwise, Ken, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm at. Maybe it's the over if we feel like Nick Mullins can score enough and Jefferson's going to play. I think I might be on the sidelines on this game, Ken, at least for right now, early in the week. Yeah, I mean, I think we're just we're just approaching the game differently, right? Like that was like kind of an X's and O's, like nuanced approach. Like I, I don't really care what the game plan is. Uh, I know what the Vikings do. Every single game that they play is a one possession game. Uh, and they played 10 teams better than this, and it's been a one-possession game. So the idea that they're showing up against, like, a resurgent Jake Browning, it's just, like, to me, it's just not part of the handicapping process. It's just, like, I think I know what style game the Vikings like to play. I know how they're typically lined. I know how those games tend to go. And against a team like this, if I get a spread like this, that's going to be really appealing. So you could be right about everything that you're saying. I believe you. I'm sure you're right. Um, it just doesn't, like, that doesn't, doesn't factor into, like, because my thing would be, like, well, everybody knows, like, we all watched Browning. Like, I I know that that they played well too so does the market that's why it's bet out like this like that's why they've gotten it like there's no there's no mystery that jake browning's good anymore we got it saw the two games so if anything that's in this now do you want to play back against that or do nothing i think that's like the choice that you're bringing up but yeah i mean it's not i don't think they're 
I find it very hard to believe off those two performances that the idea is like, actually, this is a buy low on Jake Browning. Like, that seems really unlikely to me after the two games that we've already seen. Seems like the cat's out of the bag on that one, and that's baked into this a little bit. So, you, a do nothing, I think, is a, always a fine answer in any in any game, in any betting market. Uh, you know, wait for your best opportunity. Wait for your best stuff that you're the most confident in. But for me, like, Vikings against, like, pretty average teams to mediocre to bad teams, getting points, getting more than a field goal, uh, that's almost always going to be a play if O'Connell's the coach. It's a real, it's really interesting, right? A really interesting handicap for Cincinnati and Minnesota coming up on Sunday. We'll bring you the injury information throughout the week when Nick Mullins is named, if Nick Mullins is named the starter. I'll tell you what, that would be something if Kevin O'Connell's like, you know who's starting this week? Jaron Hall, come on down. It'll be Mullins. Well, then I'm I wouldn't sure. make like, the bet. What's happen? <laughs> right. then, then there's <laughs> no way I'm making the bet if Jaron Hall's the quarterback. Yeah. Um, what if? I, I was going to say, what if Dobbs is the quarterback? He's not going to be. It's going to be Mullen. So I think we can kind of operate as if as if that's going to be the case. But I'll tell you what, like, if Jefferson's ruled out, like, what do you think? And, like, we can we can have, like, a guest conversation here. Like, what if Jefferson's ruled out, like, on Wednesday, what do you think happens to this point spread? I mean, there are already – I think there's already a lot of pessimism. and There are fours on the board. I think there's already got to be – they were three against the Colts, four against Minnesota. It tells you there. I think there's pessimism about Jefferson not playing in the game. Maybe you get a small bump off of it. I My guess – there's just a guess. I don't think that would be significantly different than what we see right now. I think it would be slightly more. So instead of three and a half with some fours, maybe it's fours with some four and a halves or something like that. And maybe that's, like, about it. I, I would ever – like, what, what this game's going to go to six with Jake Browning? Like they closed three against Indianapolis 24 hours ago. Like what? No way. <laughs> Indianapolis on the road too. And like I liked Indy in the game because it was a, once it got to a full three. Like great, I'll t I'll take the L on that one. But also like the closing point spreads are at least kind of indicative of the differences between the teams. Like I we already saw Browning be good once. I don't think there was a I don't think there's a ton of mystery anymore around them. I think they're either rated properly or yeah, I think you want to play back on them. That's just how I feel about the Bengals. <laughs> I, I do think that like the like the margin here is kind of like razor thin. I think I would lay three with Cincy, and I think I would take like four and a half with Minnesota if it came down to it. I we'll 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 talk more about this game over the course of the week. Um, also, so for those of us that watched the Vikings Raiders game yesterday, whether you watched it as a solo experience, whether you watched it on Red Zone when they were cutting into it, is is there a better color analyst to have? For a zero-zero game, like midway through, towards the end of the fourth quarter, than Mark Sanchez, who like kind of like never loses that like affable quality, like isn't like criticized. And like I love Aikman and how Aikman can be gruff, and he'd just be like dismissing the game, and he's really funny. Like Sanchez is just kind of has that like all oh, shucks like California cool vibe. Like I I actually like really enjoyed that broadcast yesterday towards the end, in a terrible it was, uh... game. Yeah, just uh, they they made the most out of a really really bad game. I agree with you. I've enjoyed, and and you know we don't like I don't sit through full Mark Sanchez telecasts because you and I both watch Red Zone a lot, and I'll have a second screen with whatever the local games are. But it's never a game that he's calling, and uh, and so I can't speak to like over a full three hours he's dynamite or something. But just like the brief bits and pieces that we get. Seems very entertaining. Seems like someone who I would want to listen to call a game. I'm curious. I'm curious if the people who consume the full games have that same opinion, or if it's just something that comes through in bits and pieces. Well, you know, what, cause I tweeted a couple weeks ago. Like, I like Mark Sanchez. I got a lot of like people. What are you watching the game? What are you talking about? It's like, listen, I I, I kind of like the guy. What do you want me to tell you? It's my opinion. But people hate right. everything on social media. People you can name any announcer. People be like, that guy sucks. Right. Great. Well, you call my the favorite game. thing was when like I criticized Mahomes afterwards. People were like, well, what about when Brady did it? 
it's like, what, what do you think? Like, Tom Brady never got criticized? People love to criticize Tom Brady. On the other side, we'll get to the rest of the games coming up on Saturday. The Colts and the Steelers, the Lions and the Broncos. Pass is complete. Hudson into the end zone. Touchdown, Cincinnati, right out of the gates. A lot of self-inflicted stuff happened out there today. You know, we get a drive going, penalty moves us back. We get another drive going, penalty moves us back. You know, we get a holding call. Um, a lot of that stuff, shoot, the, the, the punt, you know, you know, Amir runs into, I mean, uh, <laughs> I say in that situation, like, geez Louise, you know, stuff like that. Um, it, was, it was a wild game. Uh, a lot of self-inflicted stuff that we got to get cleaned up uh, going forward. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Oh, Shane Steichen, Indianapolis Colts head coach. That's the first time I think I've ever heard Steichen like, speak in semi-long form. I'm really happy I got the chance to. Got a Jeez Louise in there. Like, Jeez Louise. Like, Jeez Louise. <laughs> like, I don't think great. I've heard. Who was the last person in your life? It doesn't have to be specific. It could be like a teacher or something. Who was the last person in your life that you heard person actually used geez louise in a sentence so when i was in uh when i was in like third fourth grade uh at school a friend of mine uh ben and i won't be able to think of his last name used to say geez louise and i always remember being like isn't that something like old people say and i remember like we were in third and fourth grade so like i didn't i didn't have like the, the life experience to know that how weird that was and i was like Anywhere for like a 10 year old to say, geez, Louisa. I'd, and it, as he's saying that, it's also like, what's the, like, what's the best thing to say instead of swearing? Like, geez, Louise. Like, I just, gosh I, I used darn to, it I, like, is a popular we, one, we, right? I think for people that we, don't we, swear, yes. say like, gosh darn it. And we both worked in television for a while. And uh, a lot of swearing happens in television, like in the control rooms. And it's like just, uh, it's definitely a hotbed for a very, very naughty language. And I had uh, a friend of mine who's like a like a senior producer, whatever. He's got some higher up title still. And uh, he used to always, when he was producing Sports Center, he used to always say, so like something would go wrong or like a high, like a piece of video wouldn't fire or something. And he would just be like, God bless America. It's like always what he would say. And I would always think that was so funny. Because then like at the same time on ESPN News, there's some like terrible producer and they're just like F-bombing the bejesus out of everybody. And then here's like Sports Center. It's like, God bless America. It's like, okay. Like just, you know, people, uh, it's what we were talking about in the first segment. People deal with stress in very different ways. Some are able to kind of at least control themselves a little bit. And there is really like almost no environment as stressful in like our line of work than a, a control room during a television show can be a very stressful place. And I, I can just say, listen, man, in, in some of my younger years, I would let that frustration in those live situations get the best of me. Now it's like, as you get older, you, you, uh, hashtag you mature or mature a little bit. And, right. uh, and maybe like the F bombs turn into a geez Louise, or as Guy Fieri would say on diners, drives ins and dives, shut the front door, which always shut makes me laugh door. every time, every time he yeah. does it. I'm like, why is this so funny? Like, I know it's coming. Like, why does it make me laugh every time? And why Maybe is that's the front why door he makes open? $30 million a is year. Is it really yeah. hot outside? Yeah. Like, Whose front door is open? Like, is I, live right, in, exactly. I live in New York. Close My front door Security. is always closed. Oh, always, yeah, always closed. Should we um? Yeah. Should we bring Jeez Louise back? I mean, we can. How How do you want to use Do you want to just use in in passing? Just various points in the show? We'll just figure out some spots to, to Jeez Louise it. Or like, how about this? 
Like, I waited all week to get a 3 minus 10 with the Lions, bet it on Sunday. Jeez Louise, they lose by 15. Or like, Dak plays really well at the same time. Brock Purdy throws five screen pass touchdowns. Jeez Louise, can't beat this guy. Yeah, can I catch a break here? Can I catch a break here? Yeah. God almighty. Jeez and Louise. all the people that are touting Brock Purdy for MVP, shut the front door. Shut the front close, door, please. Cl- close that oh, baby. God. Anyway. Anyway, this one's uh, kill CBS, cur- yeah. CBS courtesy, yeah, I mean, I mean, and how about this, the Cowboys bill? I mean, just like insane. Uh, CBS courtesy of the call, Colts head coach Shane Steichen postgame. As, um, man, like, I, how about this? Love Indy all week, goes to three, think I made a great bet. Jeez Louise, they get blown out by Cincinnati on, on the road. Yeah. Uh, Jake, bring the music back up here, please. And now let's talk about the Colts and the Steelers coming up on Sunday. So for people that missed it, and you might have, because it happened like a little earlier today. Um, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, and obviously they last played on Thursday and lost at home in embarrassing fashion. They got zapped by Bailey and the Patriots, uh, losing that game at home and putting the Steelers to a perilous spot now at 7-6. and six. Kenny, Kenny Pickett, not a huge surprise, but ruled out for this game officially. Um, and there was some drama, and I do Pittsburgh radio every Thursday on uh, the Odyssey station in Pittsburgh. And so I follow a lot of like people that do content in Pittsburgh. And there was some thought that maybe he would go to Mason Rudolph and, like, and bench Trubisky for this game. Uh, that is not the case. Mike Tomlin, notoriously loyal. Um, exhibit A would be sticking with Matt Canada way past Canada's expiration date, right, as offensive coordinator. But so Trubisky will start this game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't know the status of Pittsburgh's top two pass rushers, both in concussion protocol with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. That will obviously play, like, I think a big role in, like, what this points spread ends up being coming up on Saturday. So the Steelers coming off the loss on Thursday to the Patriots. The Colts get demolished. Hashtag G's Louise in Cincinnati against the Bengals. Can the betting market here... Indy, in between a a two-and-a-half and a a three-point home favorite. The total is 42. Shane Steichen overs in a climate-controlled environment? What do you think here? Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Colts and Steelers in the hotly anticipated 1994 AFC Championship game rematch. Shout-out to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah. And uh, Neil O'Donnell, was he the Steelers quarterback in that game? And we also could have brought up, this is the, like, yeah, 100% Neil O'Donnell. The Jerome Bettis fumble. Like Nick Harper sure. with with the uh, getting tackled by Ben Roethlisberger and then Mike Vanderjat yes. missing the like that the most hilarious missed field goal of all. There was never a bigger like lock. I guess when Matt Amendola lined up to make that game winning kick a couple weeks ago against right. Jacksonville, you knew that was gonna miss. Vanderjat was never making that kick in a million years and missed it like by like three miles against the Steelers in that game. Yeah. Just shout out shout out to us for being alive like thirty years ago and watching that game as kids. Uh this is this is another interesting betting market because I think I I'm trying to figure out like did we get what we wanted on the total? We talked about this on Friday uh, when the Steelers played the Patriots, and I was like, man, if the Cincinnati game has some inclement weather involved, that's where obviously where the Colts were yesterday, and we know that the Steelers had an abysmal offensive game against the Patriots. Like maybe we get the conditions to play in over here. It didn't really work that way in terms of the Bengals Colts game at least. Uh, Jake, Jake Browning certainly didn't have any difficulty in the second half of that game, scoring a lot of points. But I, I still look at this and I go, yeah, like 42. And 42 is, you know, I guess like high by 2023 standards in terms of a total. Like we've had a lot of high 30s. We've had a lot of 40s and 41s. Like it's not a low number, um, but it does look really appealing because as much as I think Trubisky stinks and I think that team's brutal and as much as they may have like a ton of injuries, it'd be an interesting injury report for both teams going into the game. Uh, as much as I think that, 
there's such a big difference in outdoors against Belichick on a short week. Um, this mastermind who kind of who probably can look at like an hour of tape on Trubisky and be like, well, we're going to win this game. Here's how we do it. And uh, and there's a big difference between that and like the Colts who couldn't stop anybody if they tried. And so, like, I, I think it's actually likely Trubisky will have much more success. Now, I, I'm not saying the Steelers will win. I'm just saying, like, I think the offensive output from both teams could be pretty good because on the Steeler on the, the Colts offense versus Steelers defense side. Like who who is playing in this game? <laughs> like that would be an interesting question. Like TJ Watt is like the first note that you would have written down. We we don't have to talk about like the ridiculous like gets a concussion, plays with a visor, and then like afterwards they're like, oh, actually he had a yeah. You think you think he had a concussion? Um, I, I wear a visor all the time when I don't have a concussion. So like, it just seems like scoring conditions are way good here. Now the market's not crazy low, but my first thought is like I really like the over in the game. I really like the over in a game with Mitch Trubisky. What could go wrong? Uh, and the side like two and a half, three, is like about what I would have thought, and does not really make me want to bet on anything from a, a spread standpoint. You know, I had a, a period in my life, like basically like uh, right when I was graduating high school, and then like being a freshman in college, where I had like an Abercrombie and Fitch phase, and I like had like frosted oh tips and a puka shell necklace. And I, and I, and I wore it. a lot of orange, a lot of orange. And I had a, uh, I had a Nike visor that I used to wear with like my hair spiked with the, with the frosted tips. And I got to tell you, man, I, I thought I was really cool. And geez, Louise, I was not, <laughs> but I did have, I had a visor phase back in the day. Sure. Um, I, I love that. And you can, I think people can tell sometimes the way that I kind of introduce a game. Uh, I like the overall. So just like, okay, it's going to be yeah. this. We talked about this on uh, Friday. Yeah. yeah. If um, if Watt and Highsmith both don't play, I don't know. It's just like this is like the ultimate like Mike like Mike Tomlin rally the troops game. Like without both your pass rushers, two straight losses to inferior competition. Now everyone thinks you're gonna lose, and this is a game where they think like Tomlin always finds a way to win games like these. So I I don't know what I want to do with the side here. I think it's probably Ken right. Like let's see what happens with injury stuff, and then kind of like make a decision later in the week. Or is it you know let's say that um let's say Watt plays and Highsmith doesn't. That's probably enough to get this off three, would you say? Like, maybe it's Indy two and a half. And then is it just, like, tease the Steelers up and, like, feel good about it? And, and like, tease them up, like, knowing Watt's playing, too. So, you know, you tease them up, like, knowing, knowing that, like, the guy who, and I'm sure people probably know this on some level, but much like with Lane Johnson and the Eagles, like, the splits when TJ Watt plays for the Steelers and when he doesn't from, like, a win-loss and a, even, like, a point output standpoint, like, point differential standpoint, which is, like, absolutely outrageous. Like, they just, they don't win when he misses the game. They just don't win. And so his injury is, like, a pretty big factor in terms of who you're going to want to bet to win the game, I think. I totally agree with you. I just, uh, in terms of, so, like, we, we get to talk about these games on Monday, obviously, which means we don't have the injury reports yet. There's a lot of market movement and most of the games still to come. Sometimes we think we know what it's going to be. Sometimes we're surprised by what happens is if the goal is only to get the best of the number. It has nothing to do with football, nothing to do with strategy or what you think is going to happen in the game. Nothing to do with that. Like there's a lot of two and a half still on the board with the Colts. Is it is the risk reward play here? If it, if the goal is just to get the best of the number, is to bet Indianapolis with the idea that if Watt ever misses, you're in way good, and you probably win the game too, probably. But you're in way good, probably goes to three, at least holds there. More guys miss, it goes higher than that. And if Watt plays, 
have you really lost maybe it closes one or like one and a half like you've lost nothing by making that you're basically in at the same price that you were before one and two obviously not very key numbers like is it worth trying to get the three now like i just and i i say like if you're trying to do that people might be like well isn't that what you guys are trying to do like everybody that listens to us isn't trying to do the same thing people that listen might be like oh i want to make bets now and get closing line value because i think that's fun that's their cup of tea you might listen to be like i just want to know who's going to win the game <laughs> that's like how most people are i think like tell me who's going to win here's my money like what should i put it on then you don't then like honestly like monday isn't for you from a betting standpoint listen to the talk of the game we're talking about the games but like actually placing the bets that'll come later in the week if it's like a price conversation or how the bet how the market's going to improve two and a half indian it's tough to argue with two and a half indianapolis because it's just it's the risk reward of it you either get three when watt misses or you've lost nothing you've lost a half point on a not key number so i think like that's the bet with that in mind but none of that is kind of like the football conversation that we tend to have in a lot of the games the football conversation so anything do you want to do anything here do you want to like bet the over now or is this like we'll have the we'll talk later in the week about what to do well, it's an interesting question, right? Because if we bet over 42, 42, like the board's painted 42 in the game, every book dealing the same number. Uh, again, like, is it risk reward here? Like if they if those guys miss. I mean, like 43 44. and a half, 44. For, yeah, like I think I probably just, 44, right? And they're just they're just so damn impactful and what especially. And if they play maybe there's organic interest in the over anyway or just stays the same total like again like maybe you don't risk it yeah maybe it's maybe i do have to bet over 42 today just in case honestly just in case the injury reports like, where start would to get it go worse down worse. to it would go to like it would it wouldn't go to like 40 and a half if like both watt and highsmith played right it would go to 41 if anything. i don't i don't know how a colts indoor game can close 40 and a half against any team i don't know how that's possible like when watt can play jj watt could come out of retirement and play opposite him i still think the total should be higher than that like it is it, it just doesn't matter so yeah maybe it is maybe you, you risk losing the number later in the week um when more people become involved and we know more about injuries yeah it might be like get the get the best of the number to play here. We'll see how either of these age would be would be to bet the Colts under three, which I kind of explained already. And then I do I like the like price and conception of the game. I like the over in the game. What's your uh, your all time biggest fashion faux pas? Faux pas. Uh, let's see. Well, when I was like uh, my brother's four and a half years older than I am, so he like when oh, I yeah. was like four and a half uh when i was like eight nine he was a teenager and that was like nirvana was huge grunge was like a really big deal and i used to like everybody who has an older brother can understand this like used to like idolize like he would wear cool stuff he had long hair like he had all this stuff and i had like a couple like flannel shirts trying to be <laughs> like him i think and i mean and like not like the good ones like the ones where it's like Oh, you're like trying to be like everyone else. Like, yeah, grunge. Am I right? <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, Cobain. And uh, yeah, not and not only did I look probably really stupid and didn't have long hair and I was like the preppiest person wearing the shirt. Also had no idea what the music was about or like what was going on with the movement because I was eight. <laughs> so it was just like really a loser on all counts. That was really great. I was like, oh, I was listening to Rage Against the Machine recently. Hashtag while I was working out. Humble brag. Mm. And it's like when I was a kid, like like 13, 14, 15, 15 listening to Rage, I was like, oh, angry teenage. I was like, wow, like I love this music. It's all really great. And now I listen to it and I'm like, wow, like these guys really hate America. 
<laughs> I just had like no clue that that's what one of these songs about. Like, wow, they hate the police. Like, yeah. I had no idea they when I was fourteen what they were. They, I was just like, yeah. just like, just like very into like, oh, they're angry and so am I. I absolutely love this. On the other side, Saturday night football, a pretty good one with the Lions and the Broncos. We'll break it down. Wilson has all day here. Now he's going to take a deep shot. Sutton in the end zone. And Cortland Sutton makes the catch for a touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. That call courtesy. Catalone. Catalone. See, even for... Even for the greatness of Andrew Catalan, I don't know if you can make like an Easton stick versus the Denver Broncos game terribly exciting. <laughs> Once Herbert leaves that game, it's just like, okay, how many points is Denver going to win nice. by? Wasn't it nice uh, to have a no sweat winner? It was great. I got to tell you, man. The push that Herbert's out for the rest of the game. And I'm just like, oh, we win. Well, yep, we just. Okay, we'll never we'll never know the answer to this question. I felt like we were never losing whether Herbert stayed in or not. Do you agree with that? It doesn't matter. Like, obviously, he left the game and we won. I feel like we were winning that bet no matter what. The Broncos were going to win the game. Yeah, like, uh, when they settled to make it 10 instead of 14 in the first, I was like, I was like, does that open the door if he comes back? But yeah, like, felt felt pretty good the whole time. That was uh, everything so much easier in hindsight, right? Because I'm like, God, like, really? The Chargers were three in that game? Also, like Justin Herbert got injured in the middle of the game. <laughs> like it just yeah. it's all it always seems easier in hindsight to be like, that number was crazy. It'd be like, why? Because it played out exactly in the way that helped you. <laughs> right. Like, yes, yes, then it probably did seem crazy. Um, just it always it always feels like that. And that's that's this week's example of that. Yeah, just I, how about this? Was just was very happy that the game played out the way it did. Absolutely. Look, like no one wants to see Herbert injured, but also, geez Louise was really happy to win my bet. Also, uh, got the push next... notification and yelled cha-ching. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Also, like, also, it's just, again, this goes like the stew of anxiety from our number one facing Keenan Allen in a couple fantasy leagues. You think I wasn't happy that here's Easton Stick now? Absolutely love it. Also, and this is again, stew of anxiety. I also had Keenan Allen receiving yards over. Hashtag too much going on. Like, what do I win? What do I lose as a result of every play in every single game? Just ridiculous. Um, anyway, next hour on the show, we'll be joined by the whale capper, Drew Densick. We're looking forward to that. Power hour, final hour. We'll feature all our bets for tonight. But want to remind everybody, because we're two weeks away from Christmas. It's, uh, you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, like... Got to start to get on it. And what better way to do it than with the sports fan, with the sports better in your life, than to check out, in all seriousness, a great gift, YouBetterYouBetShop.com. Uh, that's YouBetterYouBetShop.com for all your You Better You Bet merchandise. You can check out designs like You Better You Bet After Dark, the Power Hour shirt, Prop King. We got Ken Barkley, Choose Your Capper, all sorts of good stuff. Long sleeve, short sleeve t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. Head on over, YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That's YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That website, again, YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All right, Jake, let's bring the music up here, and let's talk about Saturday night's game. Fascinating game, right, with the with the, the Lions and the Broncos. Like, really good one here. Or or may, maybe the, the Lions are just getting bedded into oblivion on this on this magnificent football Monday afternoon. So Detroit, coming off the, uh, the loss yesterday on the road in Chicago, where, gotta tell you, up 13-10 at halftime, and I'm thinking, man, like, we're way good on this Lions, but I don't even know if you ended up betting them. I bet a couple bucks on Lions minus three. Yeah, I had them three. And then here come... Yeah. And then uh, here comes Chicago in the second half, and yeah, right, you know right. Jared Goff 
kind of like the Blooms off the rose a little bit for, I think he's doing just okay in life, but uh, the Blooms coming off the rose a little bit for Jared Goff. Uh, so the Lions lose, and Dan Campbell after the game says, I think I need to get more ornery. Actually sounds a little frightening. And the Broncos get the win yesterday, obviously, against a Justin Herbert less for the majority of the game. Chargers team, and Denver's right in the thick of the playoff race. Literally one game behind Kansas City in the race for the AFC West. I don't think either of us think the Broncos will win the division, but that's crazy, right? But for both teams that this is the shape that they find themselves in Denver, one game out of first place for what it's worth. Denver to make the playoffs now, yes, plus 134. So, like, this is a team very much in striking distance. Russ, comeback player of the year. Peyton, coach of the year, also in play as well. The betting market for this game right now, Ken, at BetMGM. Detroit, a five-point home favorite. This was four, like, a couple hours ago. So, Detroit getting bet on this Monday afternoon. Lions minus five. Total here is 46 and a half. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Saturday night in the Dome. Lions and Broncos. I knew that the Lions would draw interest. I wasn't sure how much or whether the point spread would move a lot, but I thought it was more likely to move in their direction. And the only reason that this isn't like patting myself, I didn't bet the game. I thought about betting Detroit at open, but I, I kind of like can't the way that I painted myself into a corner here. So um, the reason I thought Detroit would just, it, people even just over the course of the week, and there might be more interest coming, by the way, on Detroit. Uh, this is like a pretty advantageous setup for them. I think, you know, kind of like the book is out on Jared Goff in terms of just not that he can't win on the road, but just that his home road splits are pretty striking. And, you know, Sam Paniotovich came on Friday and was just like, look, cold weather, I want the other, I want the other team against Jared Goff. Uh, and he was right in the game, and the Bears won the game. Just, okay, like, that's not this. This is a home game off of a game like that where they look putrid. So, okay, that seems like an, uh, a potential buy opportunity. And then there's also an anti-Denver sentiment, I think, that's getting bad and baked into this too. This will be Denver's third consecutive game on the road. And like you have the Lions coming off the game they just had, Campbell saying what he said, Goff going back home, and Denver in this spot. Again, like injuries notwithstanding, where where would you guess it's more likely the number moves? I would guess toward Detroit that people would want to buy them in a situation like this. Um, and you know it could be injury related to Frank Ragnow, their center. Maybe he plays in the game and that like gives them a boost and they get bet out for that reason too. Their offensive line is obviously a big part of their identity, but like. A lot of pro Detroit things seem to be brewing in this game. Not that I think they're going to win, just like which way is the market more likely to move. So the the move today, Nick, it just happened to like literally happen during our show. Didn't have to didn't have to work out that way. Uh, just you know, a, a kind of a short number on Detroit where now we're out to like five. I don't know if we're done. Usually games don't stay five because it doesn't take very much to move them one way or another. Just my first thought is just to explain people be like, wow, like Detroit got bet. They look terrible. Why would they get bet? off of a game where they look bad, like I think those would be some reasons to consider for why that happened. Okay, so great explanation there as to why we uh, we have the market being what it is right now, Lions minus five on Saturday night. So let's have uh, an opinion conversation, Ken, about what you think about the game with Detroit and Denver. The Broncos have been hashtag our team as of late. Would love for them to keep winning. Maybe cash some real long shot bets, uh, award market bets, right? Uh do you have interest in the Broncos in this game? Like, kind of like, what do you think now that this number's creeped up to five? Like, what, are, are we done moving? Like, is this going to keep going up? Like, like kind of lay it all out there. What do you think we'll see with this Lions-Broncos game in your opinion on how it'll play out? I mean, I, I really don't know where the market's going to go. I think it could go more than this because there is there are some reasons to really like Detroit. I think that's possible. Um, what will frequently happen late in the season for me in some games like this, like, I need very specific things to happen 
to hit a lot of season long positions or to have those positions improve a lot. And so it's like, I can't bet the game. Like maybe bet the game makes no sense. It's like, well, I actually want to be on the opposite side at the same time. Like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? When we do bills, Cowboys later, we're going to have a really similar discussion. Like if, even if I liked the bills in the game, where the hell would I bet the bills in the game makes no sense. You're just, I'm just taking other money I have and lighting it on fire for like no reason just to do content or something. So in this game, like I am very pro Denver the rest of the season. Like I need them to win. I would like all these crazy long shots on awards, make the playoff bets. Like I have a lot of stuff with Denver cooking going into this game and I need it to age well and I need to root for them and I need them to win. And not I need them to win, but I would much prefer they win. So like, yes, like my unbiased opinion is I agree with the market move. This seems like a very advantageous situation for Detroit, not even to win, to just play better. Seems like an advantageous situation to play better and for their opponent to play worse. And so I understand why they got bet out. I agree with that. But like, what do I think is going to happen in the game? I hope that Denver is able to keep the game like close because they're able to do that against basically everybody. This is a team, by the way, that went on the road and beat the Bills. So the idea they can't go to Detroit and like win a game or play a close game, be you know competitive against Kansas City, like it's just you know like they this, it doesn't like concern me that they're going to get blown out. But just like look, I I are I basically have bets already on this game. I I want Denver to win. I want stuff involving Denver to get more competitive, and we could do Coach of the Year in a second here too, or we can do it in the next hour. Like lots of NFL award markets are actually becoming incredibly crazy all right at the finish, which happens every year. You just don't know which ones it's going to be. And it looks like three basically are going to be pretty nuts here for the next few weeks, maybe four, depending on how you feel about comeback player of the year. And coach of the year is one of them. And the favorite still in the market at most places, not everywhere, uh, is the coach of the Lions is Dan Campbell. And I actually think we're at a point where it might be 0% that he can win the award because of these two losses. I think it might actually be there's no chance. And he's the favorite. So by rule, that's a pretty crazy market when the guy who's the favorite with four games left can't win. Can't. Not like 1%, 2%. I actually think can't because of the loss yesterday. And so it's like, all right, well, that's pretty nuts. And a guy who could potentially win the award instead is a dog in the game to him. So I'll be rooting for Denver. I need them to win. I want them to win for stuff that I have. Um, I agree with the market move. If I had to guess which way it was going to go, I'd say a little bit more toward Detroit. You better, you better. Here with Nick and Ken wrapping up our number two, talking Saturday night's game with the Lions and the Broncos. Dan Campbell right now at BetMGM is tied for the second choice on the board for coach of the year with D'Amico Ryans. Coming off a loss yesterday, C.J. Stroud's in concussion protocol. Interesting. Campbell and Ryans are both plus 300. The favorite right now at BetMGM is Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins, plus 275, ahead of tonight's game against the Titans, where the Dolphins are <laughs> very much expected to win the game. Like going despite, to win. But, right. Just yeah. by, by how many points are they going to win. Um, right. I, I can't wait for our awards conversation over the course of the week this week. It's like a great time to, to have these conversations. Always is, but this week feels like it's going to be a lot of fun. So... Last night, um, I'm thinking about the games, and I do the exercise that I do, which is, okay, here's the matchup, kind of like what point spread would I want to bet each team at? And the point spread that I came in that I would want to bet Denver at would be like in this range, like four and a half, five. Like, can I capture four? Like three and a half, not interested. Four, not really interested in the Broncos. A number more than four, a little more than four, and I think I'm interested with Denver. Um, 
and now after listening to you kind of like lay out the case for Detroit, I kind of think you're probably right, and I don't know what I want. I think this one's got me in a pretzel. I think my favorite bet on Saturday right now of the games we've talked about, Ken, is the over in the Colts-Steelers game. And the rest of it, I'm just kind of like meh on right now. Because I want to bet Denver, and I also feel like it just might be the wrong side. Yeah, I, I worry that Denver might be the wrong side in the game, too, or just that, you know, that maybe you don't get their best game in this game. Um, but to be fair, like, we played on Denver a ton, been on them in, like, five different games over this run, been been right in almost every game. Wasn't right against Houston, obviously, but had to play at the end of the game to win the game, just, you know, kind of a coin flip kind of an ending. Um, but part of the play on with them is a reason you could play on them here. Like, they have one of the best coaches. They have a quarterback who makes good decisions, doesn't turn the ball over. They're extremely efficient on defense. In the red zone, they're good. They'll make mistakes. Like, they can't be close against this team that plays no defense. Can't be close against them. So it is a fascinating game. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm on the sidelines for this game right now. We'll talk more about it coming up tomorrow and the rest of the week. Hour number three coming up on the other side. We'll have a conversation with the whale capper, Drew Dinsick, But we'll start out more week, week 15 in the NFL. How about the Browns and the Bears from Cleveland? We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.